Hey, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to tell you something about this episode. Uh, right around the 19-minute mark, I was talking about something that was a, it was really a generalization based on my experience. And I want you to watch out for this. There was a pause, and Jai said, I would say yes and no. And it was a moment of grace where he really worked the four agreements. He didn't take what I said personally, but he was impeccable with his word and let me know that he had a perspective regarding what I had said also that was different than mine. As a result, the feeling that I had was humility. I was able to be humble and see him and see his perspective and allow the truth of his lived experience. And I didn't walk away with a feeling of shame. I wanted to point that out to you because when I say meet me in the middle, that's what I'm talking about. People meeting in the middle, able to express themselves in love. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to contact me, you can reach out um, through my website, AngelaAbide.com. And Jai is on LinkedIn under Jai Turk. everyone. Welcome to The Deepening Place. I'm here today with Jai. Hey, everyone. So, Jai, how's everything going for you? I'm having a pretty good weekend. How about you? Yeah, it's going well. Going good. Um, are you excited about the Super Bowl? <laughs> We're recording this on Super Bowl Day. Uh, no, I'm not actually, because I think it just kicked off and we were paying no attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell me this. Yeah. If Saints had made it, would we be recording right now? No. Yeah. No. I feel the same way. Yes. Once they got put out, I was like, okay, well, whatever. Someone else's day. Yep. So maybe we'll join him for halftime. On the first episode, we got a lot of my history, Angela, and I was curious if today we could talk more about where did the name The Deepening Place comes from? That's kind of a weird story, but I love weird stories. I'll start way back and try to make this really short, but when I was in elementary school, it was introduced to Madeline Lingle. She has a, a book series. The first one was A Wrinkle in Time. It was just recently made into a movie. I've read the book. I uh, haven't seen the movie. Oh, you did read the book? I've read the book, yep. Okay, so that was kind of like my introduction to the mystic, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it, It's almost like I feel like that book found me. Years and years and years go by, and I was 25, around 25 years old. And I was going on a trip and checked out the second book in that series, A Wind in the Door. And so if you're not familiar with the book, in A Wrinkle in Time, she takes you way out into space from the perspective of these children, a son and daughter. And they're, they're doing time travel through space. They're going to rescue Meg's father. I've always looked at that as the macro They're going way out, and life is so huge, we can't comprehend it. Well, in the book, A Wind in the Door, they do exactly the opposite, and they go way, 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 way down to a micro level, and the book actually takes place in the mitochondria of a cell 
in the body of Charles Wallace. Hmm. The mitochondria is like the power. Powerhouse of the cell. Yeah, each cell. So each cell in our body has this. So if you can imagine, like in the mitochondria of the cell, there was like this whole universe thing going on. And so that's where the story took place. When I was like, it's been probably 25 years ago. And in that book, at the very end of the book, the reason why the boy Charles Wallace was so sick was because in the mitochondria of one of his cells, these creatures were refusing to deepen. They were refusing to go to the deepening place and deepen. And they were just running around screeching and partying. And they were being told by the ekthros that it was okay for them not to deepen. It was kind of like the idea of, you know, when the snake came to Adam and Eve in the garden? Yeah. And was like, hey, you don't need all that stuff, you know? So it was kind of like the temptation to move away from their nature. And that's what was happening in this mitochondria. I thought then that one day I was going to do something and it was going to be named the deepening place because I thought to myself, that's what people are doing. They're refusing to deepen. They're refusing to return to their nature. So all these years later, the thing, I didn't know what it was going to be, is a podcast. Hmm, awesome. Okay. And I feel like uh, what we are encountering right now is like this book playing out. Uh, we have so much division and people choosing sides and really refusing to deepen. And when we're just operating out of our mind, we can't really see the other. And it's easy to X them out. And that's in the book what the darkness was encouraging was to X things out so that the glory of God could not shine through that individual person or thing. There were other creatures besides humans. So I guess my question would be then, who are we hoping to help with this message then? People that are running around screeching that the sky is falling, all the chicken littles. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not sure because they're really refusing to deepen in a way. They're focused on what's happening on the outside of them. And so I see two different types of people. You have the apathetic people who are just deciding to ignore it all and hope it goes away. And then there are the people who are so focused and concentrated on the darkness that they don't realize that the answer is for them to bring forth the light in their own life. Wow. That's a powerful message. So powerful. I feel like that, that, that just resonated with me a lot. You know, our country was founded on a document really that, well, it's one of the documents of the founding fathers that starts off, we the people. I think their idea was that the power should remain with the people. And since ancient times, we've always wanted to give that power away to someone else. And I've got another story for you, if you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. You might remember this one, because I know you grew up in the church too. So in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they were supposedly answering to, to God alone. You know, they followed him around with a cloud and the fire and all that stuff. And it took a lot of faith. And one day they said, you know, we want a leader, God. We don't want to follow you anymore. We want, we want a king like all the other countries have. God said, I mean, why would you want a king when you have me? And they're like, no, we want a king. And so God said, okay. And then Saul became the king of Israel. 
And they had so many problems because of that, but they were begging to give their power away. I mean, before they were answerable directly to God or source. Mm-hmm. And they, they asked to be to put a human in the in between that, which I think we, we keep doing that. I agree. And so the message for this podcast is it sounds like you're saying or part of the message sounds like you're saying maybe that we don't need that what we're searching for with that outward expression of kind of authority is that that's really inside of us. Exactly. Um, it's it's hard to grasp it. But if you really think about it, if each person in the country or the world would say, I think I'm going to take that message seriously. I think I'm going to turn inwardly and see if I can work on my own healing so that I can be a source of light and love. And then we all join together. It wouldn't really matter so much about the policies would have to change because we would all be following the light, basically. Like everybody's focused on who the individual leader is. They're either strongly, in our country, for example, strongly Republican, strongly Democrat. What I think people that are following their light, they're not going to necessarily be Democrat or Republican. They're going to focus on being love. So when it comes down to an election, say, you're going to look and see which side is a better representation of love instead of who did I decide to pledge my allegiance to? And you're going to vote for those policies. I don't know about you, but I was raised very conservatively. I came from the South. And there have been times where I have seen the shift move to the left in times where the shift has moved to the right. And I really think that's a beautiful thing about the way we've set up our government. Um, But right now, people are so upset about, we'll just name it, Donald Trump being in office that we keep wanting to give away our power and want people to take over and make the government more in control, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I was raised, uh, I wasn't raised Democrat. My parents told me that they voted Democrat, but it wasn't that serious. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very serious at all. But I was, as I've gotten older and went through college, the Democrats, the people that voted Democrat around were very different in a sense that they were very, um, like vote blue sort of thing. And I notice more and more a lot of those friends or people that I know are willing to give up an uncomfortable amount of authority for me. And I think what I get out of this podcast or hope to put into it, the work can get out of it, is that there's something, my bold claim is that there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with being so disturbed by something external that you're giving up your ability to kind of control yourself in your reaction to it. And that goes back to Donald Trump. Like you're so furious that you're saying we need a government shutdown and pizza president, whatever the case, you know what I'm saying? That part doesn't really matter, but something else has to happen where something else has to happen and someone else has got to do it, or we all got to do it together, but there's never any I statements in it. And so recently I've noticed that 
more and more is probably more from the democratic side of things or not. Um, and I guess different from your experience, I never really saw the, the shift from right to left or Democrat to Republican really to mean anything. It's always been America's just, it's a really young, giant, rich country that um, may be extraordinarily lost compared to some other countries because there's so much that we have good here. It seems to be very lost on very small, petty stuff, very, like very small, petty stuff. So for me to shift between Democratic and Republican isn't even so much about who's what side we're on, conservative or liberal, liberal, it's still America. It's still supposed to be based on the foundations of, of freedom and choice and liberty. Um, and that seems to have gotten really lost. And from the perspective of where I was growing up and seeing Democrat, um, to your point, I can see why the shift happens in people. I can see why it happens over generations um, and through the decades. But I personally am on a journey to under, I guess, deepen my understanding um, and see why we have that divide at all in the first place. And I guess that goes back to your point about this. We have some separation between us and the creator. And I'm just trying to explore that a lot more. And I think as I explore that, I'd hope some other people Joining that conversation, um, it's nice to know you're not alone. So I'll put my voice out there as someone who's very confused about even the very next election. You know, at this point where I'm in my spiritual journey, I really don't even care who's president. Quite frankly, I'm a peaceful person. I don't really need one. Once you get to a certain point, I think in spirituality, like you have gone to the deepening place. The external just doesn't matter as much anymore. And it's not as important. And you don't you're working on you and your light and your deepening and be doing good in the world and what you can do. But I do think we are in such a moment of, of crisis that it's like an all hands on deck situation. We need people to start paying attention and start trying to help some of the ones that are on the fringes. We have the far right and we have the far left. And then we have the moderates on both sides. And then we have sort of the cultural Republicans, cultural Democrats. They, they know they are, but they don't really know why. They don't really know a lot about policy. And then I think in the middle, you have the desert that we speak of so often. And it's just this place of disillusionment. Like some people are like, I can't be for that anymore. But they don't know where else to go because they can't be the other side either. And those are the people I feel like can start, we can start there with those people and then maybe in turn spread the light outward to both sides. I feel like right now what we're doing is both sides are becoming more and more radicalized and set against each other and sort of demonizing one, one or the other. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I know more people entering that, um, not that they're in the middle, like you said, that's a really good way to put it, but they're on their side so to speak, they see the other side and they're like, all right, my view may not be 100%, but yours also isn't 100%, so where do I go? And I think that's the, what's the phrase people use here a lot? Vote for the lesser of two evils? I think that's how that currently exists. And then we just come to some false consensus on whatever the frick that means. Remember when Edwin Edwins 
and was running against David Duke in Louisiana. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, I do. The bumper sticker, Edwin Edwards was a notorious crook that nobody thought would ever be reelected. But the bumper sticker at that time was vote for the crook. It's important. <laughs> oh, man. Louisiana, I, I, I still attest, Louisiana is a case study to what everything that maybe can go wrong in America on so many levels might have happened in Louisiana. It really feels like it's a few decades ahead of the country in terms of all the turmoil. That's a yeah. great example. You said, I think it's a little worse on the left right now. And I would have to agree with that. And it has to do with the demonization. It started with President Trump. And it now has, it is spreading toward not just him, but the followers. And it's to the point now where if someone has a flag in their front yard or is proud of, to be an American, it's really frowned upon. And I think this is so dangerous to our unity as a country because we always had that. Regardless of what side you were on, we had that unity of being Americans. I would say yes and no to that one. Um, take like my grandpa, for example. He's a World War II vet. Or he was a World War II vet. Um, he passed last year. World War II vet. He owns a home. Some pretty, I guess you could say, classic American stuff he's done. You know, he's pretty American. Drinks Budweiser. Drank Budweiser to the day died. Towards the end, towards his end last summer, it had been what? towards the middle of Trump's term or whenever it was. But I remember me and my sister talking about him, my grandfather, watching the election between Hillary and um, Donald Trump and having his perspective on that. And he really came out with a lot of stuff about never really feeling like part of America. He was just happy to be able to take part in some of the practices. And I think he speaks for, it really wasn't just himself. The women on that side of the family are a lot more quiet, like a lot more traditional Southern. And that was actually that his sentiment resonated pretty much throughout the family. They're really cool, calm people for the most part. But that's I've learned that, especially in the black community where I'm from. A lot of people don't actually feel like part of this. They're just happy when they get to take part. And some of this turmoil, I think, is the realization that that has been the case for a lot of people, not just black people. I think you put a lot of women in that case, in that, in that scenario. I think you put a lot of people that don't identify with several traditional images. From my perspective and experience, some of this turmoil is legitimate. And kind of going back to your point about the pendulum, people just aren't sure where to go with it. Kind of seal it off to my grandpa. He didn't, he was the first person to openly, one of the first people I know to openly say, I don't want to vote for a president. I don't like either one, opposed to the lesser of two evil sort of thing. But, uh, I mean, this is a World War II vet. In my whole life, you know, he's been very adamant about being what it means to be a man, me, American, yada, yada, yada. And at this point, you know, at the end of his life, he's like, I'm not sure that we really went down the wrong, right, went down the right path. And I think there's more people coming up. More people seem to be coming aware of a lot of wrong turns that may have gotten us here. But I think with this podcast, we can start talking about what it takes to start making some of the right turns. No, I hope so. One thing that your point brings up is racism in America and how a couple of things, it's just hurled all the time now. And I think it lessens its impact of something that's very serious. 
And I would really love to dig into that in future episodes about how that has really affected us as a nation and maybe how we can deal with that in a in a constructive way that can bring healing to people. I agree with you. And it would be an entire different episode. But I agree. Racism is thrown around to a dangerous point nowadays. Yeah, it just kind of lessens. People don't even pay attention to it anymore. No, not really. To really honor that issue, it has to be its own separate, <laughs> maybe two or three episodes. <laughs> I agree. The other day I was going through some papers and I found this sticky note. I had scrawled a, a quote on. It just brings to mind another reason for this podcast. And it was it's a quote by Thomas Paine. It says, who dares not offend cannot be honest. Mm. One of the reasons that I wanted to create this space is because we are making it impossible for people to be honest and tell their truth. Everyone's so offendable nowadays, and it's it's hard to stay within the bounds of political correctness. I just thought it would be great to have a place where people from different perspectives, different backgrounds, different thoughts can come together, and maybe we can model having conscious conversations on different different topics. And we can say, oh, I don't agree with that, and this is my perspective, and, and not really not lose our minds over it. <laughs> I, I laugh because, yes, and I'm ready for that messiness. It's a pretty messy place. But at the same time, maybe that's a, maybe that's a fear and a projection I'm making that isn't really fair on the world because I, you and I have those conversations, and I'm, I know you have them in different circles, and I do as well. And rarely does it turn into anything but really a positive outcome, particularly how you said, speak from your perspective, or at least from your experience. I think that's the powerful thing about this podcast, because the other word that's getting thrown around too much and is really misunderstood is opinion. Your opinion can be wrong, but your perspective and your experience can't be wrong. That That's that's the main part of discourse I, I think we can really change with this. We don't really talk about our opinions ever. I, I don't really know your opinions on much, but I do know your experience. I do know your perspective. And that's worth honoring and listening to. That's a good way to put it. We don't talk that much about opinion. I hadn't thought about that before. Another thing that, that people throw around a lot to invalidate someone's perspective or experience is feelings. How, how so? What do you mean? That hurts my feelings or I'm offended. I'm offended that you would say something like that. I think that's another thing that we can actually hold the space for someone's perspective without taking it personally, just to let it be what it is. That's their perspective. That's their experience. It doesn't have to do with me personally. Yes, I do have experience with that in my relationship very recently, honestly. It doesn't really matter what happened, but the point is one of us expressed a feeling about something. We came to a long discussion about what it means to just acknowledge a feeling or sometimes saying not acknowledging a feeling, just kind of like um, you have that and that's yours and how it's not really either person's responsibility to do something with it. It's really whoever the owner is. And I'm just giving that example because in the last few weeks, I've had a discussion about what that means when you share feelings, acknowledging feelings and dismissing them. It is a new conversation for me. I think it gets kind of tricky because especially in a relationship, you don't need to offer an opinion about it. It's just really powerful to witness. If your partner said, 
I felt this way about what you just said. Okay, thank you for sharing. Well, that doesn't mean I need to mount a defensive response against that. It's, it just is what it is. That was her feeling or his feeling about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think learning, that's part of, you know, what I hope we can model here is even, Jai, if I said something and you said, Angela, that really caused a reaction in me. Um, I'm not really sure about it, but let me name it. And so that made me feel nervous or that made me feel offended. Then we can just talk about that feeling and, and what did that mean? And maybe why was that activated in you at those words? That's kind of what I hope that we can get into, especially with our guests. You know, if we do, like you say, let it get messy sometimes, just allowing people to have their perspective and, and working through it in a respectful way. I have trouble getting the message across about um, about a certain part. I think a certain level of understanding it takes for feelings. They're, for me, they're only so as important as to understand the emotion behind them. So, for example, I feel very happy when I'm playing with the dog. Um, that's a feeling, you know, and I'm happy and it's a good, healthy, happy to explore. Um, and I can leave that there or comparing it to I feel angry when Donald Trump's talking on TV. My feelings don't really it's not important that it's not important for me to keep voicing that I'm angry. I just need to find that anger and kind of explore that. And I don't have a great way of discussing that. And maybe that's something that's that is definitely something else I'm looking to grow for grow from in this podcast. And I hope if we have any listeners that have spent a lot of time with that, um, I'd love to hear Love to hear more and discuss more. How do we cross that bridge with people? That your that feelings really just are a bridge to really understand what's what's underneath you. One of the first things I tell my clients, because people usually come to me when they cannot manage their mind and emotions, and they're really anxious or really depressed. So one of the first things I try to work with them on is you have to learn to get quiet and start to observe your mind and emotions. And I think that what you're describing is you have that ability to stop when you notice the inflammation or activation happen, and then you observe it, and you think about what could that mean? Why did I get offended with that? And that little buffer zone between your thought or feeling and when you actually speak or act makes all the difference in the world. And so for sure, we can kind of go deeper into that and maybe how to but I think what you described is you're already doing that. You're already stopping and providing yourself a little buffer zone before you act or speak, which is awesome. Okay, thanks. Well, and yes, that's a great way to describe something that I experienced, but I haven't been able to put into words. I definitely have a buffer. And maybe that's something I'm subconsciously sharing with my students and, and others. But thanks yeah. for giving me words to, to put to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for for joining, for being here today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Happy to be here. I'm glad we're doing this. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Talk to you next time.